surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello, welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, Taylor, and joined by lovely co-host, Kit Bender. Hello. Hello, Taylor. How are you today? I'm honestly, I feel a little bit like a hot mess today, which I'm kind of like, is that any different from any other day? <laughs> but <laughs> yes, it thanks is for the support. It is different from some days. Some days you have it more together than other days. But it's only like it's barely noon. Yeah. So sometimes a, a, a together day. Mm-hmm. Is, it shouldn't be judged by what happens before noon. Yeah, I'm I'm very much like a night owl person. Yeah. Like my brain doesn't actually start functioning until like 3 p.m. And then I'm like, I'm ready to get all kinds of work done. And like my brain just feels like it's on. And I actually read something uh, recently that was, it was, uh, shit, where was it even? I want to say... I don't know, but it was a repu- reputable, 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 reputable. Yes, we know how source. to speak words. <laughs> the brain's still turning on. Um, yes, it was a very good source, uh, but talking about like the science behind being a night owl and how, like, when we look back at our ancestors, you know, there were people that were like specifically chosen to do like night shifts, you know, like Mm. during hunter gatherer times that would have to like stay awake to like man the fire or like watch out for predators and whatnot. So it was like, you know, that kind of actually has been passed through in some of our like DNA. And so it's like, we can't always expect that everyone's going to work the same exact way and that everyone is going to be built for a nine to five. Mm. Um, So some people literally like were genetically, if not selected mm -hmm. specifically, but just kind of tended towards and then were socially put in places where they could work at night. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I wonder if when they were working at night and they were often alone because they were away from other people, that's that's why often people that work at night also tend to be like creative and tend to get creative in in those kind of solo spaces. Probably. There's probably some awkward genetic link in there somewhere, which is of course a combination of so many things, but that that often people that work at night Mm -hmm. or they come alive at night are also... Uh, good at being creative mm-hmm. and um, learn how to be alone, especially yeah. in because most people are asleep. Yeah. And then I say that's, that's partially me, but I think there's also, I've, I've also heard like, depending on what time of day you're born in. Uh, and I was born at like three in the afternoon. Um, so it's like, oh, like in the afternoon, it's when I start to wake up. <laughs> hmm. So what if I was born at like four in the morning? So I'm a night owl, but I'm a night owl that's trying to get all the way to four in the morning. Yeah. That can get detrimental to a productive schedule sometimes. That's rough. Um, yeah, it's interesting how, how, our, how our brains start to, start to work and start to turn on. And so mine's just starting to turn on. Um, okay. But I'm excited to talk about this stuff today. Um, so I'm excited to actually get into our topic today, which is on self-confidence. Hmm. The confidence of one's self. Why are we choosing this particular topic today? Well, we kind of we did like a self-compassion episode a while back. Early and, on, right? Yeah, super early on. It was like the third or fourth episode. Um, and I that was one of my favorite episodes that mm. we've done. Um, you know, I definitely have like my favorite episodes that I've done with guests, but like the self-confidence episode as just like a content-heavy kind of episode, I really enjoyed um, because even after that, I just, it, it kept coming up literally every day for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like it kept coming up in future episodes too. Mm-hmm. Like what, what we pulled up there in conversation kind of acted as a place that we could keep coming back to, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which was, was kind of fun to see. It was like a well that kept on giving for mm-hmm. a little while. Yeah. Um, and I think like self-compassion is related to self-confidence. I think they're both kind of related to one another. Um, but I think I think it's partially important that like we cover this topic um, t- 
together because I think self-confidence is an important topic for men to discuss as well. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, you are a white man. And so certainly there are privileges that come along with that and differences in, uh, you know, one's perceived self-confidence. Um, but I think there's also layers behind that. I think it is also super important to allow that space for men to also discuss, um, you know, the issues that they're having, that they're having with their Mm self-confidence. So I definitely wanted this episode to be discussed with you as a like male counterpart. Um, and I think it's like something, you know, we struggle with all the time, especially around holidays, especially with social media and like comparing ourselves. Um, and so I actually went and like looked up uh, the actual definition of self-confidence. And the definition is a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. Trust is, I think, I mean, of course, when you're defining something in a dictionary, you're thinking a lot about every word. And -hmm. I think that was a really, really important one to use, Mm -hmm. a trust in one's self and one's abilities, qualities, and judgments. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good definition. Good job, dictionary people. (laughs) It's like they know what they're doing, <laughs> their job. They're figuring it it's out. It's like they're qualified. You know, I feel like they probably Trust should have some, some pretty good self-confidence over there in the dictionary business. We're <laughs> um, tangent. We're tangent. Yes. Uh, but no, I think I think it speaks in in many different like aspects of our lives, you know, like having self-confidence in your work life, having self-confidence in your relationship life, um, having self-confidence in, you know, your uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like in your in your faith, in your uh in your community, in uh all the different kind of roles that you play. Um where and, and I wanna get a little personal in this episode, because I feel like that's that's where the good stuff is. Um, okay. Are you ready yet? <laughs> I think so. Um, where do you feel is an area that you struggle with self-confidence? Like trusting yourself and your abilities? Or like, is there like a certain time that you notice when like you're doubting your abilities? When I'm doubting my abilities... Well, I'll tell you an interesting, um, this is what kind of answers the question indirectly, but it's, it's where I notice a difference in uh, how I relate to people. And it's in mm-hmm. that I have a job where I'm on stage and I'm, I'm really confident in my job because I think I'm, I'm good at it and I've, I've done it for a while mm-hmm. and I have a lot of fun at it and people see me and they see me on stage with this certain confidence Mm -hmm. and I project a certain person. Mm -hmm. And what I find is interesting is often people will try to relate to me in that same way and expect me to have that that kind of confidence Mm -hmm. when I go into maybe another kind of social situation or if I like meet someone there and then they see me or we Mm -hmm. go on a date or something like that. And I'm just a very different person when I'm like just Mm -hmm. regular me going around having a drink with someone is... portrays themselves differently. And so a thing that I've had to kind of figure out is like, how can I learn to be confident in that person and in a way that expresses and and that I'm able to communicate and relate to someone as who I am, not just stage person, not just their preconceived Mm -hmm. understanding of me. Hmm. Because sometimes I've been caught in this place where I try to be that confident guy Mm -hmm. in that way. And then I kind of lose sense of kind of who I just maybe am on a day-to-day. Like that doesn't feel as authentic. Doesn't feel as authentic. No. It feels authentic on stage because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's kind of theater. It's, it's this mm-hmm. way that I... It's a uh, performance. It's a performance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't like having to give that same performance. But when I... And, I, and I, it's interesting when I notice that I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting on that self-confidence performance instead of being truly authentic mm-hmm. or I'd notice little bits of that come in or mm-hmm. I notice they're trying to project that onto me and I have to fight it, if that makes sense. So then I guess, what does confidence look like? Because it sounds like what you are um, picturing as confidence is this persona that you have on stage. Well, and- I'm saying that um, 
what what I'm portraying, the, the kind of confidence that I have on stage mm-hmm. is different than the kind of, uh, like it's coming from a different place because it's coming from uh, a, when I'm on stage, I'm relying strictly on my abilities mm-hmm. because of, I'm, uh, as, a, as a performer, it doesn't really have anything to do with my character mm-hmm. or anything like that. I can be self-confident as a performer, which is very different than me being self-confident as a human. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I guess um, in the times where you are feeling like you have this self-confidence in your day-to-day life, mm-hmm. how does that look different than the confidence that someone would perceive on stage? Because I think like we can all interpret self-confidence in, in different ways. Like someone might look at me today with my bedhead side pony and super jacked up nails and think that like I don't take care of myself or think that like I don't have any self-confidence and that I'm, you know, perhaps struggling with like feeling really sad about myself or something like mm-hmm. that when really for me being able to like go out and about like this to me is like I do feel good about myself. I I I trust my abilities and these qualities in me because these aren't where I define myself. Right. Um what it is for me is when I, the, the kind of way that I um, express confidence on stage is very like loud and extroverted. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost like the opposite in like real life. Yeah. <laughs> in, in that I, I, I enjoy being very reserved and kind of, I'm not, not, not generally, other mm-hmm. than that, I, I, I kind of dress in a, a odd way mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm, my personality isn't generally trying to grab attention, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And and so when when someone see when I'm I I need to learn to move from that place in regular life better. Mhm. And then does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think I think it's interesting um for you, you know, like as we're talking about your self-confidence, it's like this uh the way that you kind of carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes for women, it's a little bit different in that it's like physically based or, or that's the, at least the perception. Oh, okay. So we may be, may, maybe even just the way that I'm approaching it is, is a little more from a male mind where, where I, I, I'm, does that make sense? Do you think I, th- there, I think some a little bit, where... yeah, a little bit, but I think I, not to say again, like I'm generalizing here, right. um, but I think definitely for for some women that it's not at all based uh, physically. Mm-hmm. But I think that how our how we're perceived to have our self confidence mm-hmm. is often based on physical appearance. Right. Um, for women, at least, I mean, especially when it comes to like beauty as a woman, I think there are so many. Uh, marketing gimmicks that are out there. Like, I just want to deal with like actual science. Like, if I want to use a product like to feel a little bit better, um, you know, with maybe even just a, a dry shampoo. Let's say um, I love using Living Proof products because they actually do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, phthalates, or animal testing, which like is absolutely terrible. Um, and they actually have award-winning dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Unlike other dry shampoos on the market, it doesn't just mask oil, sweat, and odors, but removes them completely. So then I do have clean, fresh looking hair and I'm ready to actually take on the day with maybe a different layer of self-confidence that like I didn't have earlier. (laughs) But I think that they are absolutely amazing. And I love that it's based on science, you guys. It's no wonder they've won eight best of beauty breakthrough awards. They actually deliver results that you can see from across the freaking room. So you guys can do what I did. You can make the switch to living proof today by visiting livingproof.com slash Taylor and use promo code Taylor to get a free sample, a free freaking sample, you guys, of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com slash Taylor Promo code Taylor for a free sample of dry shampoo with your purchase. Livingproof.com slash Taylor. Promo code Taylor. Because sometimes you just need a little extra, you know, oomph in your day with some dry shampoo to maybe shake up your self-confidence. Um, 
but it's, you know, I think whether we are, you know, dry shampooing our hair or like um, having messed up nails that often we're perceived as women as being confident or not or feeling uh, secure within ourselves based on what our outer appearance looks like. Hmm. That's and I think, and I think that then that pressure and that uh, that like emphasis then can become internalized to where then we don't trust our abilities and we don't have confidence in ourselves and in in our judgments um, or qualities when we're not like done up. Okay. Does that make sense? So, are you saying that uh, for you personally, do you get a certain confidence? Or do you notice any change of your confidence if you are, uh, you know, because quote done up or presenting yourself in that way where you feel really like, um, you know, put together? Well, I mean, let's use this morning as an example here. You know, mm-hmm. we're at WeWork. Um, love coming here to do my work. Uh, and they actually do provide you guys with discounts. Um, if you guys do want to check out their office spaces, um, you can go to we.co slash Taylor. Um, but you know, it was 1130 and they had lunch available and we're like going, getting ready to go upstairs. And I was like, you know, I was not particularly prepared to be like really in public today, like enough that like I wore like a decent sweater, um, but (laughs) (laughs) with the hair and the nails and the no makeup, I was like, oh yeah, like I definitely look like, you know, I totally like run a startup and like I'm a professional business person, (laughs) like getting my work done. And it was like, I was acknowledging that like other people, when they see me up there and I'm like getting my food together at this, you know, office space that I could be being judged as like a, a 12 year old, um, B like not having any self-confidence and feeling like I could possibly be being looked down on at this point by other like, professionals thinking that maybe I don't necessarily have it together and um, that that would imply a lack of self-confidence. But to me, I felt like I kind of had this give no shits attitude of like, yeah, I might look like this and that's okay. Like people can underestimate me because I'm actually a badass and I do trust my abilities Hmm. and I do have self-confidence and that's why I don't give a shit to look like this right now because I'm here to do work. Okay, here's how I break this down in my brain. Because <laughs> I love it, it because we're coming at this um, with, with these really interesting filters because yeah. I don't really think about that at all. Like my, my confidence in my dress is really like, it just, it just comes and how I'm presenting, it just comes from a, a different place. Like I'm generally not thinking, I wonder what people are thinking about me. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm more thinking like, I wonder how people are perceiving the words that I'm saying and how my personality is coming across and all these kinds of things. So... You have you you gain you can maybe gain a certain confidence from being put out, but then there's also something to be gained from putting yourself out of the world without any of that mm-hmm. and being strong enough internally that exactly how you're presenting, while it can boost your self confidence to kind of fake it till you make it and mm-hmm. present well, it's also important to be able to just put yourself out there like that. Yeah. And for me, it's it wasn't learning that; it was learning to just. Um, be confident in who who I was internally and my my personality and my character, and then learning to move around in public in that way, kind of unashamedly. Mm-hmm. Now let my brain think the way it thinks and communicate the way it wants to communicate, and relate to people the best way it can relate, even without trying to overthink that, because that's what I'll judge. I'll mm-hmm. judge. Oh, does someone perceive me in this way or whatever mm-hmm. based on what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting, the different lenses. Yeah. Hmm. But that helps me if, if people are around you and you want to help, um, help increase their self-confidence, I think it's important to know like what is it that increases their self-confidence? What is it that mm-hmm. um, helps you see and support who they are one layer underneath whatever they may be insecure about? Mm-hmm. And try to try to understand and, and encourage them on that level, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think there's a few things that like can kind of beat down a little bit on our self confidence, and that can you know give us kind of kind of give us a uh, 
a kick, let's say. Um, when we start doubting ourselves, uh, when we are focused on like past mistake things, um, and when we are focused on other people's perceived judgments of us. I think that those three things can kind of hinder our ability to like really own our self-confidence and feel mm-hmm. uh, feel this sense of trust within ourselves. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'm curious if you can think of any examples of that um, where maybe... Where maybe you were feeling pretty confident about something and something happened and then you realized that you were starting to doubt yourself or even like a, a, a period of time where that was occurring. A period of time where I was really confident and then eventually doubted myself? Yeah. I know I can kind of think of one and I feel like you might relate to mine as well. Well, I... I went through a period of time, especially right after college, mm-hmm. where I made some very uh, fundamental shifts in my worldview. Mm-hmm. And I grew up really, really confident that I knew certain things about the way the world worked. Yeah, you went through like a whole change in like religious beliefs and like your values and all of that. Well, they just, all the lenses that I was using to look at my values and to look at my religious beliefs and to look at how that all interplayed in my life mm-hmm. were beginning to change. And mm-hmm. I went from being really, really confident, like I have arguments with anyone. I was mm-hmm. so absolutely certain about some things. And then, and some of them were very fundamental things. And then I, I went through a many years phase of, of having to restructure all of that. Yeah. All of it. And to, I think there's certain ways that I am still dealing with it. And one thing I learned in this process was, and that, that actually kind of hurt my confidence, was that in that drastic change that I was making, I got really hesitant to say too much or to, to like almost went the other way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because I got so, like so many things had rattled me yeah. so fundamentally. It was like, Wait, if, th- if this isn't true, then what is true? Mm-hmm. And I had to like kind of float for a little while. Yeah. And I didn't, I was really hesitant to, to be too confident in, in saying anything because I was like, okay, what if I just find out in six months mm-hmm. that this is wrong too? Yeah. And it, so it's, it's taken me a while then to, to, to build up, okay, these are, these are the fundamental things that I do know to be true that I can express mm-hmm. really confidently and not think I'm going to look back in a few years and be like, what was that guy talking about? Yeah. So that's, is that, is that, is that one? No, that, that, that's, that's definitely one. <laughs> one. Definitely that's one. <laughs> so I just want to take a little bit of a break um, to talk to you guys about, you know, our guest that we're going to have on later on in the episode. Um, her name is Daisy Ying and she actually created this company called Banish. Um, she had acne and scarring since she was in third grade. She tried so many different products um, and they all actually just made her skin worse. Uh, she tried making modifications to her diet um, and using natural ingredients actually helped her the most. Um, many of the products that she was using contains uh, fragrance, dyes, silicones, which all actually aggravated her skin. Um, so she actually started working with her friend who was a chemist to make skincare without those irritants. Um, and so now she has Banish, which works by uh, creating micro wounds into the skin in a controlled manner to actually cause the skin to renew itself. Um, the skin is signaled to repair itself because it thinks it's actually injured. And so then it creates increases in the absorption of the skincare products that you apply right after using it. So that's the banisher. And then there's the banish oil, which is a vitamin C serum. It actually contains L-ascorbic acid, which is the most potent form of vitamin C. It doesn't have any colors, fragrance, dyes. Um, So the skin actually just absorbs the good ingredients uh, without the bad. So I've actually been using some of these products uh, with the Banish kit, uh, with the Banisher and the Banish oil, and have been absolutely loving it. Um, You guys can order products from Banish.com, and I'm super looking forward to like discussing Daisy's story with her a little bit later in the episode, Uh, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up that that's coming up soon. 
Um, I think one of the like strong markers of having self-confidence is like still doing things and believing in things that you think are right. Even if other people like challenge you on it Mm -hmm. or if they mock you for it or if they criticize you for it. Um, but like staying true to you regardless. Um, and I think to your point, you know, you really had to believe in yourself and believe in, in the knowledge that you had. Um, mm-hmm. And that's even when I think back to being on the show uh, the first time around, you know, everyone like made these comments about me as a therapist mm-hmm. when I was not a therapist on the show. I was very, very subjective. Um, and but, so it's like who I am as a counselor and my self-confidence and being a therapist was mm. really like, shooken up because yeah. I let all of those voices in and I, it, it became very difficult for me to still trust in my abilities. Um, because it was like, even though there's very little to no validity in these things people are saying, mm-hmm. just the sheer volume of it was overwhelming and totally, totally knocked my self-confidence. And even today where it's like, you know, I'll still kind of question a little bit of like, do I go back to it? Like, you know, how how are my actual abilities and um, qualities as a therapist now? You know, like it's very different than it was pre-show, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But I think it's, it's, it can be really beneficial to go back and look back on those times when your self-confidence was really shaken up um, and, you know, kind of give yourself a little bit of like a, a pep talk as to how how you could have handled that to stay true to yourself and to your story. Um, and again, like the whole like beating ourselves up thing, like if you like... We are always our harshest critics mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> sometimes we just need to be like, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Like you, again, this is where like self-compassion comes in. Because you're never going to have it completely figured out. You're never going to be perfect. It's never, you're never fully understood. Yeah. Both externally or mm-hmm. internally. It's always a process. But that's part of the beauty of it is, mm-hmm. is um, I, I was, uh, I love Alan Watts. I don't know if you know much about Alan Watts, but Mm-mm. what he, he talks about, uh, being thinking of yourself more like a cloud or more Ooh. like a wave because Ooh. there's no like wrong way to be a cloud or be a wave yeah or like, a tree or a tree or really really anything but but clouds and uh clouds and waves are are i, I think particularly used um, because of their their ambiance a, yeah. a tree is much more concrete but a, a cloud can be so many different things you never look at a cloud and be like oh that's a wrong the mm-hmm. wrong he's expressing Mm-hmm. But so there's so many, so many paths of just being like, I'm, I'm just a cloud is going to cloud, mm-hmm. and then you just got to take that cloud for what it is. Yeah. When it is, and a wave's going to wave. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you wave back. <laughs> hey. <Dumb joke. laughs> and then like a, a you, you are going to be you, and yeah. so you just got to feel like what is, what is this me that's, you? and then just know that you, you were, you were being you for all those things, mm-hmm. and just accept that, and you're going to be you tomorrow and the next. So. I really Come like the cloud and the water. Like we always talk about like being, we say be like water and yeah. flow. Uh, to, we, we, which, which, yeah, we've gotten a lot from that, but just mm-hmm. even sing just about the wave and just about a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it really is like, you're going to allow yourself to be all the different things you can be. And you're going to like embrace that and give yourself space to explore it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I, also really think about when I think about self-confidence uh, was this video I watched uh, like right before the show uh, and it was by Mind Valley and it was called like A-Fest I think and this guy I was talking to sent it to me and it was this clip on how to be unfuckwithable and mm. I think I've talked about it maybe it was in the self-compassion episode um, but I've talked about it before on the pod and uh, I found another definition of self-confidence that made me really think about that Um that video and it says, I really believe in who I am and don't need the validation of other people. Mm. And with the, with this unfuckwithable talk, um, it was basically like, you know, the, the negative voices aren't going to come in and the positive voices aren't going to come in because I'm like so secure and in, in who I am and I have that self-confidence and I trust in my abilities, my qualities, my own judgment mm-hmm. that, I don't, I don't need any of this external validation or, um, you know, 
or even negative space. Um, and that was, I remember watching that and just being like, damn, like that's like true confidence. That's like true security. Like certainly being open to like constructive feedback is one thing, but you know, to just really stay true to like your values and like who you are and really owning that. And I was just like, damn, mm. But I, think, I need to go back and watch that. I think an important part of that, and I, I don't know that I've seen that, that particular clip, but an important part of that uh, is to know that just being really confident doesn't mean that you just think you're always right, right. and always perfect. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I, I think some, some people even like high, in, high up in political offices can be very confident that they're all, mm-hmm. that in, in, but that doesn't mean they're, they're based right. Based in any actual fact. And, and I think maybe part of being unfuckwithable mm-hmm. is, is, is knowing that sometimes you're going to be wrong. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not in, but. Yeah. But it's not you, shaking like the core yes, of who you are. Because you're always showing up and in, in giving mm-hmm. the best that you can or what, you know. Yeah. And again, that's where like, I think it's really important to remember this definition of self-confidence that it's trusting in your abilities, qualities, or judgments. Um, and that's where like you may factually be wrong about something. Sure, that's one thing. Um, but you know, to trust your judgment of stuff, to tr- like mm-hmm. again, kind of our episode um last week about the jealousy letter that we got and where I was like, you know, you you may, you know, you may have something to look at here, but also like trust your gut, you right. know, like trust your judgment. Like don't minimize that, you know, have that confidence in yourself to say, damn, whoa, I just had a bunch of memories come back to me where I'm like, oh shit, maybe I really didn't actually have like good self-confidence in some of these parts of my life where I didn't listen to my gut and I didn't trust my own judgment. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a dance. There's a dance of uh, yeah. you do it and sometimes you do it wrong, but then you say, you know, if you're self-reflective enough, mm-hmm. you'll be like, well, now I'm, I, now I'm really confident in knowing what not to do next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I've have I've gained a lot of self confidence from uh, doing something so completely wrong that I just know how to not do that as wrongly again, or know how to prepare better next time, or or whatever. That can be the greatest teacher. Yeah, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong, and oftentimes I find you're a hundred percent wrong if you are using a toothbrush that doesn't have like the vibration. Um, I will never understand why people use toothbrushes that don't actually vibrate. Um, my favorite is using Burst Oral Care uh, because it actually has the most powerful motor on the market and the longest battery life with up to four weeks use just on one hour's worth of charging. Um, you know, like, and not to mention even that A, you need the vibrating and B, when you get the vibrating, it also has a timer. So the magic time to brush your teeth is for two minutes long. And then when you use the Burst Sonic brush, it has a built-in two-minute timer. So like, you wouldn't even have to think about it. And honestly, you guys shouldn't even have to think twice about working with Burst or using their products. Um, You guys can go to BurstOralCare.com to get your limited rose gold Burst Sonic toothbrush and use my promo code Taylor at checkout and get 10% off so that you can be right about something in your life. Go to BurstOralCare.com with code Taylor for 10% off. Do not miss out on this special offer, you guys. Be right. <laughs> don't make the mistake of not using a vibrating toothbrush and go to BurstOralCare.com today. And don't forget to enter my code Taylor for 10% off the new rose gold toothbrush because sometimes you want to be right about things. Sometimes you're just wrong about things and that's okay. And I think, again, being able to like learn from that is a way to also then like increase your own self-confidence because the more you're learning and the more you're growing, then I think the, the stronger your like trial and error, you know, of what your abilities really are. Mm-hmm. Um, the quicker you can let go of the self-judgment and know that you aren't wrong. Mm-hmm. You may think, okay, I should have done this differently or that differently, but you fundamentally aren't wrong. You're yeah. just being you like a cloud as a cloud and a mm-hmm. wave as a wave. So you can remove that judgment and just be that. Yeah. And then that and then you learn what's healthy and what's not and then that feeds your your intuitive ability to um to trust mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um and I want to pull two letters here from you guys, from you listeners um that kind of spoke to self-confidence. 
And I think, again, this kind of goes to show the differences with men and women maybe in self-confidence because a lot of the uh, emails were about like uh, physical appearance. Mm, Okay. So uh, this first letter, she says, I wanted to request you might consider doing an episode about acne and the struggles and shame that come with it. I ask because it's a widespread issue that affects men and women of all shapes, colors, and ages. I personally have battled with acne on and off for over 11 years, and it has put a damper on multiple areas of my life, including my self-image, confidence, and my bank account. Treatment can be super expensive, and when you're desperate, you'll try and be everything you can. As I grow older, it's been easier to accept my acne and focus on loving different parts of myself that I find pretty. You've helped me... You've helped remind me that a person is made up of multiple identities. However, this identity is constantly front and center to the world. You can't hide your face, and it's really hard to find a pimple beautiful. It can be a lonely battle, yet so many are fighting it. And maybe that's because everyone is avoiding talking about acne. Uh, You do such an amazing job of uh, lifting spirits and giving people hope and a new perspective on issues. I'd really appreciate seeing your take on this pimple of a problem. She says, let's help change the way people look at acne. I'm sick of having it. I'm sick of it having so much power over people. We are more than the zits on our chins. Hmm. I had a I had a pretty bad acne problem growing up. Did you? Yeah, in, in high school. I was in, in into college. Oh wow. It was and and I yeah, even trying that. to find uh, you know, various creams and just, mm-hmm. you know, my, my parents were trying to, cause it was, yeah. it was bad and they were afraid it was so going to scar. How, oh yeah. yeah. So how did that impact your self-confidence then? Um, I, I think I was just in a, in a, in a phase of life where I didn't really know much of what was going on anyway. I was transitioning from being homeschooled to public school mm-hmm. during that time. And then, then from public school to moving to a different state to go to college. So I, I, I just, I feel like through that time, what I had to hold on to was my sense of uh, myself that was grounded in in my community and in mm-hmm. my faith. Uh, and I, and honestly, I think that's what that's what kind of got me through all of that. Mm. And then that's why it was such a hard thing to let go of because actually, growing up in that con- in that context mm-hmm. gave me a sense of confidence that 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 kind of transcended some things. But then that was the thing that I eventually had to give up as well in order to have true hmm. confidence in myself. Hmm. Well, I'm really excited because this episode is a little bit different. And I actually spoke with a woman who struggled with cystic acne, uh, really bad acne, and um, did a little call with her uh, earlier. Sorry, Kit. <laughs> and... <laughs> um, and yeah, she's going to come on, um, mentioned her company a little bit earlier in the episode. Um, and yes, I, I want to share this interview with you guys because she had so many great points and she was honestly very, very wonderful. Okay. And I actually have Daisy here with me, um, who has struggled with acne and, um, struggled with a lot of bullying from that. Um, and just the struggle with self-confidence and, um, then ended up, you know, starting her own company and has been listed in uh, the Forbes 30 Under 30. Um, so I'm super excited to have you here to kind of share your story a little bit. Um, this kind of struggle started for you during your adolescence, right? Yeah. So thank you so much, Taylor, for having me on your show. Uh, my first experience with my acne was in the third grade. So I remember I had blackheads on my nose and my mom would buy the Neutrogena like skin cream and put it on my nose every morning. And I remember Mm -hmm. it was like, I couldn't breathe because it was like a thick layer. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I've suffered with acne all my life. Um, You know, just really deep cystic acne um, that would just Mm. I remember in the mornings, like when I was in high school, I would wash my face and then my, my face would start bleeding. Mm-hmm. It was like big volcano eruptions on my skin. And I grew up in Minnesota. So mm-hmm. I was the only Asian American in my school. Everybody around me was, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. So I immediately yeah. felt different. But then in the third grade, when I started developing these skin issues, um, the way I viewed myself, right. And the way I viewed how people viewed me completely changed because 
all around me, it was people, blonde hair, blue eyed with flawless Mm -hmm. skin. And here's me, Asian American girl with really bad skin and people Mm -hmm. coming to me and saying, hey, why don't you just wash your face? Or, hey, have you tried this? Or, hey, have you tried that? When me and my family, we were on a crusade to like try to get rid of the skin condition. And I think more so than the um, actual way you look is the way you feel. And I love, Taylor, how you talk about mental health and psychology because it's, I mean, I just was so mean and cruel to myself. Like I told myself I was ugly. I told myself like, like, I didn't want to raise my hand at school. I didn't want to participate in anything because mm-hmm. I was just like, I do not belong and I do not fit in. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of notion really affected me throughout my entire life. Yeah, especially at such a young age like that, you know? I mean, I think sometimes you can start going through your childhood and it's kind of this blissful, you know, innocence. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe more so in high school, you kind of start getting that like negative self-talk. But for this to mm-hmm. have started so young and for that to kind of start shaping your sense of self and, and the image that you had of yourself, like sounds like that was really, really difficult. Yeah. And it's just so crazy how it, it, it stays with you yeah. for a really long time. Like it's, I've been working on it so long and I feel like running Banish and telling my story and inspiring others has been so therapeutic for me. But you know, there mm-hmm. are days where I'm just like, I'm back to that little girl, you know, hiding yeah. in the bathroom, waiting for everyone to like finish their lunch. Like I still go mm-hmm. back to that. So it's, it doesn't happen overnight and it's something you have to consistently work on. Yeah. Now, during that time, you said that your family was, um, was sounds like pretty supportive and trying to help you figure out how you guys could handle this. Um, was there any kind of like emotional support uh, provided? Like was counseling ever sought? Um, I know you said you're Asian American. I know that like typically mm-hmm. um, that's not necessarily uh, encouraged therapy. Yeah. And it's so crazy because when you're, you know, 10, 12 years old, you don't even think that you need to go through therapy for something like this. Mm -hmm. And I think my parents were trying to do what was best Mm -hmm. in their eyes, which was find a solution. Yeah. So it was like more of this, more of that. Let's take you to this doctor. Let's take you to that doctor. Like just more, it became so much pressure to try to achieve this Mm -hmm. level of perfection that my skin will never be like. Right. And Mm so that, you know, I really do wish there was more like awareness around kind of the mental suffering of acne and the way you look. Um, but yeah, that was never like an occurrence. Like I need an emotional support for that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so funny because it's like you go to all these doctors, right. Trying to fix this problem. Um, and, and thinking that there's a way that you can fix it and you'll be cured and you'll be perfect. And, um, again, it's like, you're going to all these physical doctors, but at the same time, what's actually, what you're actually experiencing is impacting you significantly on an emotional and mental level. Yet we don't think like, Oh, maybe we should see a doctor for that too. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's what I love what you're doing, Taylor, because I think that's so much more important than the way you look. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, you know, for banish when I always advocate, I'm like, you know what? I really don't like if your skin clears up, if your skin gets better, that's really great. Mm -hmm. But like, what is most important is how do you feel about yourself? Like when you look at yourself, are you confident? Do you love yourself? That is so much more important than getting rid of these scars you have in your Mm -hmm. face. That's like secondary. So I'm always emphasizing the confidence and that the ability to love yourself is like the hardest thing, right? Regardless of what you look like. So my goal Mm -hmm. and my mission is to Uh, make everyone feel like they can be themselves without any limiting physical constraints, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And how do you feel like you've, or I'm sure it's maybe still a little bit of a work in progress, but how do you feel you've kind of started that journey to like accept things about yourself that maybe you don't like and to love yourself unconditionally and to feel good about yourself regardless of what your physical appearance is? Yeah, it's it's hard and I wish I could say it was easy and um I think one of the things has just been stepping back from the noise. Um mm-hmm. so I took I was on you I have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Been doing it since 2009 and then there's this period when I, the company was growing I kind of stepped away. And I think one of the reasons why I stepped away was cuz I I felt this pressure to need to fit into a certain image or mm-hmm. or, or a person. And maybe for business wise it would have been better if I just became that person. Mm-hmm. But I knew for me and for my audience and my authenticity, like that's not who I am. Yeah. So um, just 
if you need a break, just take a break. Don't feel pressured to, to be or look or do a certain thing. I used to have even my public Instagram account. Mm -hmm. I used to have it public and I noticed I would get so many likes and engagements on the pics where I was super hot, you know? Yeah. And I had low cut shirts and all that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, even though I have so many likes, I don't like, I don't like this about myself. So I actually had to like distance myself away from it and make it private. And now I, you know, I don't usually post like selfies and all that because I just realize that like the more I focus on it, the the harder Mm -hmm. it gets to be. So, um, for me, a work in pro- it's it's always a work in progress, but I think being authentic and really listening to that voice inside you and inspiring others has really helped me stray mm-hmm. away from trying to look and be perfect all the time. Yeah. Well, and you've been so open and really like raw and vulnerable with mm-hmm. your experience with all of this, you know, like talking about how like how you felt ugly and and not really keeping that to yourself and not letting that kind of like eat you up. Um, And I think that is a super hard step, uh, you know, that it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a little backwards as to what our brains would tell us to do. You know, like when we feel shame, our shame is telling us like to stay quiet about it. So to be so vocal and to, to share that, to be healing for other people and also to be healing for yourself, Mm -hmm. it takes so much courage to do. Um, And I imagine too, like as, being a businesswoman, you know, talking about like the pressures and feeling like there's a certain box that you should be fitting into and a certain woman that you're supposed to be. Like, not only are you being very authentic and vulnerable with sharing, you know, your struggles with self-confidence, but then also doing that as a professional, like that, that takes a lot of courage. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I, I struggle, I still struggle with it. I don't want to say that I'm perfect and I'm there. Um, but you know, there are, times where it's like, you know, I still break out of my skin sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I have to do a live video and I'm like, Ooh, like, you know, like, how's my skin looking? Like, how am I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I think we're our harshest critic. Yeah. Um, and so I think I have to let go about what people think of me and just focus on spreading my message and the rest will fall into mm-hmm. place. Yeah. There's kind of this separation that has to happen of like, I am not like who I look like. You know, like, yes, you have this outer appearance, but it doesn't define you. It doesn't uh, determine your worth or your value. Um, And I think that's really hard as women uh, because that is always what we are told and what we are reinforced by society. Even like you were saying with Instagram, you know, the pictures where you're showing the cleavage and your skin looks flawless is always going to be the photo that everyone likes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, And you're like laying on a beach in some mm -hmm. island and yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I was, um, I'm sorry. I was, I was watching this Ted talk and it was talking about how women are taught to be perfect from a young age, Mm -hmm. but boys are taught to be brave. Yeah. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like like the stuff we we push towards women, right? Mm-hmm. Like flawless, poreless, perfect um waist to hip ratio mm-hmm. or perfect hair or perfect nails, you know, all this stuff and it's like I feel like guys aren't, you know, they don't have that kind of like level of perfection mm-hmm. that we're always trying to achieve whereas guys are taught to play dirty and play rough and like Mm -hmm. you know just like go for it kind of thing I think it's really interesting yeah it's and I think that's where it's like we have to be so aware of like the messages that we're getting and just being very like conscious of what we Mm -hmm. are absorbing Um, Mm -hmm. even as you're looking at your Instagram you know and seeing what pictures are getting the most likes of like being aware of like what that's telling you you know and just kind of like reality checking that against, you know, who you know you are and what you bring to the table and what your worth is. And um, it's, it's, it's really, really weird when you think about it, like versus the messages that boys get and the messages that women get and especially around skin and like your worth. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because um, on our Instagram, our company Instagram, Banish Acne Scars, we post so many pictures of people with acne mm-hmm. and I love doing that. Like none of our pictures have been retouched, Photoshop, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like posting stuff where it sends an aspirational image. Mm-hmm. I'm very much against that. Like I'm not going to, we've never done a photo shoot with like models or like higher agencies to do that for us because mm-hmm. I don't want to sell you an image. Mm-hmm. I want to sell you. I mean, I want to sell really great products, but more importantly, I want to, show you and tell you like how you can love yourself and be okay with Mm -hmm. all these, you know, 
things on your face and that's okay and it's normal and we you know we post that all the time mm-hmm. and we're proud of it yeah but like that's beautiful yeah that's really Thank really you. beautiful yeah um and what would like is there any kind of advice in terms of uh you know dealing with acne like emotionally that you would give to someone that's like really struggling with it that you feel like has really helped you I think the hard part is trying to get like trying so many things to get rid of it Mm -hmm. and being so desperate to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, really thinking about like, why is it that you're trying so hard to get rid of it? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think you're going to get when you have all the skin? Like, is there, Mm -hmm. what is really missing? What is the core issue like underlying emotionally? Yeah. Because I think in my head or, you know, what my parents thought, they thought, you know, oh my gosh, I, I remember my mom specifically saying like, okay, it's okay if you have acne, but don't let it scar. Like if you have scars in your face, that's, that's just terrible. Like, Mm. how are you going to find, you know, a boyfriend, a husband, like people want somebody with scars over their face. And then you get these scars and you look at yourself and you're like, oh my God, like, is this true? So I really think like, I don't think it was necessarily like what she said was right. Right. Mm -hmm. It was her own insecurities kind of Um, going towards me but just really figuring out like why why do I want this perfect skin Mm -hmm. like what is that and focusing on like fixing that and then as for actual tactical skincare advice like I always think less is more natural ingredients is so much better Mm -hmm. Um, figure out what you're allergic to um, because when your skin is breaking out it's really telling you that something's wrong inside like your body hormonally whatever you're allergic to something putting more stuff on you to cover it up or to treat it isn't necessarily going to work yeah. Yeah. And you said you were talking about uh, cystic acne, which is mm-hmm. very different. That's like a much more severe version, right? Yeah. It, it just scars and it bleeds and it's mm-hmm. really deep and it hurts in the skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I can't even imagine like how physically that would feel and then even emotionally how I would handle that. Mm-hmm. That's so intense. I mean, I like very much empathize like with the struggle that that would uh, put someone through. And I think that that's like key point that you just said is like asking yourself why, because I think that is so common and there are so many products out there that it's like, you'll go through such this desperate, you know, journey that you said of just trying product after product after product and trying to make it better and trying to fix it. And I think you're right. Asking yourself, you know, why, why is this Mm -hmm. important to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll tell you a lot. But, and I think whatever we do, you know, like why, like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? I think so many people they are chasing and they're, you know, on this treadmill and they're doing all these things, like take a step back and like, why, yeah. like, what does it mean? Like, do you find meaning in this? Because I think sometimes, you know, you hear about people who are you know rich and beautiful and successful and all this stuff. And then they commit suicide or they're repressed mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think it's really important to take care of the inside before all the stuff on the mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That was, that was a great like piece of advice. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really, really happy that you came on to, um, to share kind of your experience with this. And, um, you know, I think it's really beautiful that it's led you to like have your really successful company and, um, like more power to you. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for coming on um, and being vulnerable with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate sharing. So, yeah, I mean, thank you again, Daisy, for being on. And she's just so, so freaking wonderful. And I really hope you guys check out her stuff. Um, the links and stuff will be listed in the episode description. Um Kit, I'm curious for you after kind of hearing some of that, like if you can reflect at all on, you know, you shared before the interview a little bit about like uh, how you did struggle with some acne, but I don't know. I'm curious, like as a man, we kind of spoke a little bit earlier, but just if there's anything like physically that you can think of that like you've had some kind of a struggle with, with having self-confidence. So I've always been on the, the smaller side my physical stature has never been one that's been uh, too pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to the point where, like uh, in in high school, I would not even want to like go to a public pool. Like 
Oh, okay. Yeah, it was it was pretty extreme in that in that sense where I would often people would go out and swim and I would mm-hmm. do intent intentionally do something completely different mm-hmm. so that I never had to expose my body because I I couldn't handle how skinny I thought I looked okay. even to the point where people in college like would as I was walking down the hall say I looked like I was in a concentration camp like it was like that was oh my God. what I what I learned to like t- to take um, with what Dear people Lord. thought about how, how skinny I was. And I was admittedly very, very skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my body did, of course, all these things that it does. But then a few years ago, I started practicing yoga, mm-hmm. you know, hot yoga. Kit does yoga all the time, you guys. I do. I, I, I feel so guilty that I don't, that, that, that A, I've never gone to a class with you before. <laughs> and B, that like I don't do it enough myself. <laughs> Well, so early on, this is about four years ago, I just, I went with a friend who kind of talked me into it. And I just remember I went and I, I, I had shorts on, which I never even wore shorts in, in public. And even I, in like summer, you don't. Well, yeah, that's actually, a, my legs are one of my favorite things about my body. They always have been. They've hmm. always kind of had the best, I, I've always thought they looked the best, but for some reason, I just don't like wearing shorts. It's this weird, it's the thing I'm most confident about and the thing I expose the least. But my first yoga class, my whole first week, the whole first few weeks, actually, I would wear a shirt. I would never even take my shirt off because it was like the, all the things that I was most self-conscious about, which was, you know, being around pretty girls mm-hmm. uh, and, and revealing most of my body mm-hmm. and doing something that I'm really, really, really bad at. Yeah. I'm just inherently inflexible. And what better like, way to shake up your self-confidence? It was like all the things at once. Yeah. That, and, and, and I just, I, I started to watch that process of like after a few weeks where I would, I, I went in without a shirt on hmm. and then eventually just learned that no one gave a damn mm-hmm. that that was a safe place that I could just go do it. And the only important thing was that I showed up for myself that was it. And so that's one thing that, that yoga really, really, really taught me hmm. is just to let my body be my body. Go yeah. let your, like if, if, if nowhere else, mm-hmm. at least take an hour, go into that space. No one's going to judge you. And that's why I love about where I go is that I, I they, they provided that space for that. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a huge change. Hmm. Literally, I wouldn't, I would not take my shirt off in public yeah. to where I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in, in my classes now. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would say too, I mean, A, thank you for sharing and being personal. I know it's nerve wracking. <laughs> um, if you knew me in high school, you'd be like, yep, that guy. Yep. <laughs> all, you can count all the rips. <laughs> but I think the skeleton structure. I think, like, yes, self confidence as a woman, often you think of as like your physical appearance, at least in my lens. Um, but I think even just in terms of body strength, you know, like I just recently started uh, like working with a trainer um, Mm. and even just like feeling stronger, like I feel like I trust my ability more to like protect myself Mm. (laughs) and to be like healthy and like, um, it's just, it's very different like stage of life that I'm moving into. So I never played sports or dinner and that kind of stuff. Um, And I do, there will be an episode in the future. Um, it's scheduled to discuss, uh, like being physically fit as a woman and what that means and what that looks like. And especially Mm -hmm. of, uh, the differences of like being a woman of color that's fit and how that's perceived. Mm. Um, so there's like a lot of differences there, but, um, (laughs) plug for future episodes, (laughs) um, (laughs) all the conversations (laughs) that I'm excited to have. Um, but I think, you know, that, that your physical confidence plays like a huge part in your self-confidence. And like I said, at the beginning, there's all these different like layers, you know, mm. like the, the confidence in your ability and, and my qualities of being a daughter and of being a friend and, you know, just all the, all the different roles that we play. I think, um, we can have different kind of levels of self-confidence and different yeah. areas that we want to work on and things that we get challenged in. Um, I remember, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, I had a friend in town and was doing a lot of work and it was like at all at the same time, like everyone in my friend group was like upset with me and was Mm -hmm. like hurt by me and all individually, like separately, like none of them had communicated with each other. Like everyone was just like all upset at me. And I remember like, 
my self-confidence was so shaken that I was like, I know like as a quality, like I trust myself that like, I am a good friend. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm a good friend, but at the same time, knowing that like my actions had then hurt my friends at the same time was like shaking to that, but also like, you know, I'm going to take a a step to look at it. Um, because just saying I'm a good friend, I'm always a good friend and ignoring when you do hurt other people doesn't, that that doesn't make you a good friend. Mm. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's always an opportunity when we have those moments where like our self-confidence is shaken because I think it's an opportunity to, um, challenge ourselves in, in our abilities and Mm. in our qualities and to kind of reaffirm those each time there's a challenge, you know, like everything's an opportunity. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important to like, look at those in a positive light as what those opportunities are. Um, and I do want to share the last letter. Um, cause it kind of goes along with this little bit. She talks a little bit about like affirmations, um, and like positive self-talk, which I think is super important when it comes to, um, self-confidence. Okay. Uh, so she says, before five years ago, I did not love my authentic self. I was comparing myself to others and being critical of myself. This was through severe depression. And one day I can't remember how I realized, but I needed to change my self-talk from negative to positive. I started talking to myself in a mirror and appreciating the little things that I liked about myself. Pause. Notice how even it's like, as a woman, she's like, yeah, I'm going to look in the mirror. And like that, that plays a part in... Yeah. Okay. Um, I recognized that I started smiling and I started loving myself a bit more. Any mistakes I made, I would tell myself, I'm human. There's no such thing as perfection and learning from our mistakes makes us more successful. She says, five years later, I am so happy, love myself, don't care what people think of me. And actually my severe depression has made me a much happier person. Just found a way to alchemize it. Mm -hmm. That's a fun word. I don't even think I know what you just said. <laughs> Al- uh, alchemy is an ancient practice where, where people would uh, try to turn metal into gold. And so it became this, this mystical thing that, 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 and it's kind of become a, a broader term of taking, taking a thing that is inherently invaluable, like, a, like a, just a piece of metal, and turning it into something that is in, incredibly valuable, like gold. The very wise Kit Bender. <laughs> I I present to you. <laughs> read The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Fantastic. You know, I had it in high school and I did not read it. it there was this thing called Spark Notes. Spark Notes. <laughs> that gave you that gave you the thing. Well, it goes pyramids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, AP, that La- AP Lang was just all Spark Notes. <laughs> mm. But I have heard that it's a really good book, and I, I should go back and actually. And read relatively it. short too. It's a quick read. Yeah, it's like a plane, um, plane trip. You can get through it. But no, she definitely alchemized it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can alchemize our self-confidence mm-hmm. and areas of ourselves that we're maybe doubting or that we're dwelling on um, that we can actually learn to like trust ourselves with. And one, my, my takeaway uh, to bring it back to the way I learned to approach my yoga practice mm-hmm. was that I tried to really figure out what it was that I did have control over. Yes. And be confident in that. And I knew the one thing that I had control over was that I had control of my ability to show up. Mm-hmm. And I, I took away as many obstacles as I could. And I, I, I joined a place that was like, I just paid monthly. So it was never, it was never <laughs> felt like a financial burden. Mm-hmm. And I just I put the app on my phone and I said, my only thing that I can do is just show up every time. And if I control that, everything else kind of plays out. And I, I approached the whole practice that way. Hmm. That's so beautiful. I very much appreciate your different perspective on self-confidence in this episode. Um, I think we all kind of can define it in slightly different ways as to what it means for us to be self-confident and to have confidence in ourselves and um, what that even looks like from an outer appearance, whether it's physical, whether it's our, how we carry ourselves. Um, You know, I think especially as women, like you have to create what your own standard of beauty is because we're given so many messages and, and beauty for me today might just be the bedhead side ponytail (laughs) and the busted nails, but that I'm working really hard and I'm showing up and I'm like 
focusing on the thing, like my goals and the things I want and like my, all the other qualities that are not defined by my appearance. Well, you're killing the game. <sighs> yeah. And then this weekend I'll be like, oh my God, I'm going to put makeup on for like the first time. And I'll <laughs> file. <laughs> um, but yeah, just letting yourself be that wave. That's like, I think the perfect little image to like walk away from this episode with is like the wave, the cloud, the metal turning into gold. Alchemy. Alchemy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another wonderful episode. Uh, thank you, Kit, for co-hosting, holding it down with me. Um, you guys should definitely check out the episode description notes uh, for some of those resources and links of things that we talked about today. Um, and really, really appreciate all of your support as we go into like the second year of doing this. Um, and feel free to keep sending us emails at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And iTunes reviews, please head on over there. Leave a rating, leave a review. Tell us what you're liking about the show. Um, Super, super appreciate all of your support. And thank you again for listening today. And I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. And we'll talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.